Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about how we can understand the book of Revelation. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we're talking about how we can begin to read and understand the last book in our biblical canon. And Revelation is considered by some to be a book of controversy because it's so different from the rest of Scripture. You know, on some topics, the Bible has a lot to say. And while sometimes people won't like what it says, they at least can agree about what it means. It's when there are only two or three verses on a given topic, when a whole host of opinions start to crop up to fill in the apparent gaps. And that's why the book of Revelation is so debated, because it only gives you a few verses on some pretty dramatic subjects. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 tells us all scripture is breathed out by God, and it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. And so all scripture is God-breathed. It's all good stuff. Every verse and every chapter has power and meaning. But while every word has importance for Christians today, God has a way of showing us his priorities. You know, the Spirit, in his inspiration of the scriptures, spends more time and ink on certain things in the Bible than he does on others. You know, look at the Old Testament, for example. Genesis has 50 chapters, covers a time period of about 2,000 years. And you can find books on American history that are thousands of pages longer, and that's covering a period of just a few hundred years. You know, clearly there's a lot of early history that Genesis doesn't tell us about. But by contrast, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, they have a total of 137 chapters between them, and they only cover 120 years of history. One book, Genesis, covers about 2,000. Four books, Exodus through Deuteronomy, cover 120 years. That might be a clue there about what God's focus is. He spent his ink and his paper on those four books. Better put, because you know God could have made enough paper to record whatever he wanted, what happened every minute of every day during that time period, but it's our attention that's limited. You know, God spent his time detailing this because this is the highlights reel that he needs us to remember in our limited attention. And that's not to say that Genesis is unimportant, though. It tells us the beginnings of God's creation, the beginning of Israel. It lays the foundation for everything else we believe about God. But the next four books focus on God's righteousness and his expectations of his people. And obviously, God felt it was important to spend his ink and paper on telling his, his people these things. Now, let's go to the New Testament. The book of Acts has 28 chapters, covers about 10 years of the church's existence. And it's a riveting 28 chapters, but I'm sure historians of the early church would have loved a whole lot more. You know, Luke gives some detailed vignettes there, but there's not, uh, there, there, there is a lot that we are simply left in the dark about, about the beginning days of the way. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, though, they have 89 chapters between them that focus mostly on the last three and a half years of Jesus' ministry, even more intently on that last week of his earthly ministry. Almost half of the Gospels are dedicated to that. So one book, Acts, with 28 chapters, covered 10 years of church history, 
Four books with 98 chapters, Matthew through John, focused on three and a half years of Christ's ministry. God was spending his ink and paper on the Gospels. And that makes sense because the Gospels tell us all about Jesus. doesn't mean that Acts is unimportant. It means that God wanted our focus first to be on his son. The Gospels lay the foundation of what everything else is in the New Testament is all about. What else is in the New Testament? Well, God gave us five books of history, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, and there are 21 books or letters telling us how we ought to live our lives as Christians or instruction on Christian living. And God had a clear emphasis here. Hear about Jesus and then respond by living a godly life. And then after that, we have one book of prophecy, Revelation. There's one book of prophecy and 21 books telling us how we ought to live our lives. But now, if you listen to some people out there, you would think Revelation took up half of their Bible. They might make lots of money on their books and their teaching videos and their appearances, but they focus principally, if not entirely, on this one book of prophecy. Now, let's be clear. Revelation is a vitally important book. All scripture is God-breathed, and it is all valuable. But Revelation is not the place where God spent most of his time in ink and paper in the New Testament. To understand Revelation, then, we have to start by putting it in the context of the rest of God's word. That being said, what is the purpose of Revelation? Revelation was prophecy that God intended to be a book of encouragement for the church. It was meant to encourage God's people that God has a plan, that Jesus is coming back, and that we can win the spiritual war and Satan can lose. Every part of the book of Revelation has that purpose in mind. Sure, there's a lot of dramatic imagery and interesting language in Revelation, and that's an important uh, aspect of the book to study too. But we cannot neglect the big picture. That's even how John introduces it. Revelation starts out saying, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Look, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. You know, even here, we see the beginning of these themes crop up. God has a plan. Jesus is coming back and we can win the spiritual war. Satan can lose. So let me be perfectly clear here. If we are spending the majority of our time focused on revelation, we are not balanced. We're not focusing on the things that God focuses on, and that's not healthy. The way we understand revelation is by reading it and studying it the way God intended it to be read, in context. I, I'm a, a firm believer you cannot understand revelation unless you read it all in one setting. Read it through understand the context, read it in the context of the gospel. And when you do that, I think you'll come to the same conclusion that I did, that the book of Revelation, while it may seem intimidating and foreign at first, it really isn't all that different from the rest of God's word. It tells the same story as Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. We face a serious threat from Satan, but as powerful as the devil may be, 
Jesus reigns victorious. He is the Alpha and the Omega, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty God. And Revelation makes it clear when we are on his side of the battle, we cannot be conquered. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily, and I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking with you next time. Hey, thanks for watching this episode of Rooted Daily. We're praying that you're growing with us as we study the Bible and use God's word as our only foundation. If you appreciate this content and want to make sure that others see it, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app and hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com right now.